I started um, going to Catholic Church and I was an altar boy and um, right after high school I went into the Marine Corps and for the next 30 years I basically struggled with um, alcohol and drug use and I was divorced. In 2006 I actually received my second DWI. I ended up in jail on Valentine's weekend and which is not a good place to be on Valentine's weekend and then I just had this um, awakening that I just needed to I needed to turn my life around and I needed to start making some changes and so I just basically committed my life to Jesus again and said you know I want to follow you I originally got connected with New Hope Church through their Saturday night hope for life recovery um, group I had finished um, the chemical dependency treatment at Delwood and I knew I needed to get connected, you know, spiritually back with God. And so that drew me in and I just loved that group. They were they were real people. You could come as you were. And through them I was invited to the New Hope Church at the high school. And so I just started attending there and started serving there. And it was it felt like home. I could come as I was and it, you know, just like Jesus says, you know, come as you are and, you know, and so I just felt very welcome. Walking with Jesus now compared to the, you know, last 30 years where I've been, you know, walking, doing it on my own and just making a mess of it all, is it's it's been a total change. The chains have been broken. Um, um, my life has just been totally transformed. Not only has God given me the tools to give me victory in recovery in my life, he's also, you know, given me tools to take care of some of those bigger character defects that I have. Selfishness is probably one of the biggest ones I ever had. It was either my way, the highway. I think that it's absolutely essential that we invite people into a relationship. I believe that God uses us to draw them to Jesus. I am so very, very grateful that somebody invited me because if that hadn't happened, I don't know that I'd be in the place that I am right now. I could not imagine living my life any other way. Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning. Welcome for those who are visiting with us live stream as well. A very familiar verse to many people in the room that we've heard often is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When Jesus speaks of the gift that he gives, everlasting life, eternal life. He speaks both to the quantity of life, it's everlasting, it's forever, right? But he also speaks to the quality of life as well. A common New Testament word for eternal is ionois, which carries this idea of quality of life but also the quantity of life as well. So believers in Jesus as Savior and Lord don't have to like wait 
for eternal life because it is something that starts just when they die. Rather, eternal life begins the moment a person exercises faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. We heard this in Joe's story on the video, right? When Joe gave his life over to Jesus as Savior and Lord, Jesus came into his life and not only provided him everlasting life, quantity, like forever, but he also offered him a different quality of life. And Joe has grown in that quality of life by practicing the four pathways of growth that we have here at New Hope Community Church. And one is what you're doing today. You're worshiping weekly with other people, brothers and sisters in Christ. He has practiced daily by being in God's word and talking to Jesus on a day-to-day basis, building that relationship with him. He has gotten into a group going where other people are going in their relationship with Christ. He's Hope for Life on Saturdays. He attends Authentic Manhood on Tuesday nights in Asante as well. And then he has also served others. He signed up to help just serve others. And I've seen Joe's transformation from day one till today. And he has become one of the most selfless people, honestly, I've ever met. And it's so exciting. When Jesus invites us into a relationship with him, he invites us into a relationship that is fully satisfying. It brings full satisfaction. Not a perfect life, but a transforming, joy-filled, and secure life. We see this invitation as we continue in this series called Invite and the story of Jesus' encounter with this Samaritan woman at a well in John chapter 4. Last week, we started this series, and we looked at Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman and the idea that Jesus invites the uninvited because the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. They did not have relationship with one another. But as Jesus interacts with this Samaritan woman at the well, he bypasses, first of all, public opinion of that day where a man out in public should not give any eye contact to any other woman. Matter of fact, if a woman comes to the well in that culture, a man was supposed to back up 20 to 30 feet and give her space. But Jesus bypasses public opinion, and engages this woman in conversation. By that as well, he bypasses past history. There was 500 years of animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans. They hated each other. By asking her to draw him a drink of water, he bypassed his position as God. Jesus, as God in the flesh, allows a human and in that culture, a woman, to draw water for him and to serve him. And then lastly, he bypassed the idea, the perception of being polluted by this Samaritan woman. Because we see that in the story, instead of going around Samaria, the city, he decides to cut through it on his way to Galilee. All other Jews would go around Samaria. They would never cut through Samaria because 
in that culture, Jews believed that if they would come in contact with a Samaritan or touch a Samaritan, they would be deemed unclean. And they'd have to go through this weekly, uh, this week-long ceremony of cleansing. And so they would walk all the way around, take the long road around Samaria. And so in this, we see Jesus interacting and inviting the uninvited. We see Jesus' ministry to the outcasts of those in Jewish society, the Samaritans, which gives us this incredible picture as well, that everyone is welcomed by Jesus to be in a relationship with him and to have eternal life. Everybody is welcome. Samaritan people were despised by the Jews and for many reasons. And they were seen as outside of God's blessing, as ones who would not receive eternal life. But Jesus crosses over all these social norms and barriers in order to invite the Samaritan woman into eternal life, into a life of full satisfaction. Jesus was inviting her not only to a life of quantity, like eternal life forever, but he was inviting her to a different quality of life as well. And that was critical. That is important. So let's pick up the story in John chapter 4 of his interaction and conversation with her. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon, so the hottest part of the day. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to get food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and also his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become to them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. One prominent image that recurs from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis all the way through the end of the Bible in Revelations is this picture of living water. Living water was strongly associated with the presence of God. In the Middle East, water is scarce and precious, and it's very much needed for survival. I mean, it is here, right? When Jesus talks about living water to this woman, 
He is talking about life sustenance that comes directly from God. A life that is full of not only just quantity, but also a different quality of life. We see this when he interacts with her and states in verse 14, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone who draws from this well, they'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them, not something that we do, but Jesus gives us, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is telling her, with this well water, you're just going to be thirsty again. But what he was ultimately referring to was the things of this world. With trying to fill yourself with the things of this world, trying to quench your thirst with the things of this world, you will be thirsty again. You will never fully be satisfied. Jesus was speaking to the truth of this woman's life, which he describes in verse 18. He says to her, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What Jesus was saying to her and what he's saying to us here this morning is this, position, wealth, experiences, materialism, strategic relationships, food, drugs, alcohol, sex, narcissism, will continue to leave us unsatisfied and thirsty again. In the video earlier, Joe realized it. After 30 years of sitting in jail, finally, on Valentine's weekend, he comes to this conclusion. Everything I have been pursuing and running after has not satisfied, has not quenched my thirst. I still remain thirsty. The Samaritan woman realizes it after five marriages and now with this different man. What they thought the world offered to quench their thirst, not only in quantity, but quality of life didn't. Their search for peace, joy, security, purpose, relationship, change in character, full satisfaction, only left them unsatisfied. And Jesus offered them both a life that is fully satisfying, both in quantity, forever, and quality, ever-changing of who they are to look more like Jesus and less like themselves. You know, I love how Jesus starts with the most obvious in our life to bring change, and then he moves to more of the obscure areas of our life to deal with. We see it in Joe's story, right? He dealt with the most obvious area of his life, his addiction. But then he went to the obscure and helping him realize that, oh yeah, it's ultimately because I am so self-centered. I am a selfish person. 
But now, he has become one of the most selfless people I know. We see it in the woman at the well's life, her failed relationships. Her ultimate desire was to try to find her identity, and she was looking for that in every other man. But ultimately, Jesus was saying, find your identity in me, what the creator says of you, that you are beautiful, don't have to look anyfully and wonderfully made, that you are complete. You don't have to look any different or perform any different. And that when I, as God, roll out of bed, I sing over your life. Be satisfied. Be fully satisfied with that. And God takes the obvious, and then he works on the obscure, because ultimately his desire is to transform every area of our life. In 1951, Robert Munger, he was a Presbyterian pastor, wrote a book, this small little book, called My Heart, Christ's Home. And in that book, he talks about how when we invite God into our lives, he comes in and then he starts to walk through the different rooms of our heart, of our life, and starts to bring him into order, what was once out of order. And it says that he starts, first of all, in the library of our lives, in our minds, and helps us to rethink who we think we are, rethink about who others are around us, rethink about what the world ultimately offers, and to renew our mind in him. And then he moves to the kitchen, to where all the pleasures and the temptations are and the areas that we want to be satisfied in. And he rearranges the kitchen so that we will be fully satisfied in how he created us to be. He moves then into the living room, And the living room is where we have relationship with him and with others, and he rearranges how our relationships are to be with him and with others. And he keeps to moving throughout the house. And at different times, he may come to a closet where there's that smell, you know, type deal. And that, but he puts it in order. He puts it in order. And it gives us this picture that eternal life just isn't about, hey, we're going to live forever once we die. No, it's about the quality of our life now and forever. And we all know what it's like to have a house that's in order, right? That's clean. I mean, we were feeling it with the spring weather, right? I mean, people were out and about. I was in the garage cleaning, sweeping, putting all the winter gear away, right? All that kind of stuff and that. And afterwards, I'm like, oh, that feels good. That feels good, right? We love things in order. And Jesus invites us to invite him in and to receive his invitation to come in and to provide eternal life and take what's out of order and bring it in order, not just for eternity, but for also the level of quality of our lives. But here's the truth of Jesus's invitation to a life of full satisfaction. We need to receive it. We need to acknowledge it. Because just as the woman at the well says in verse 15, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. 
And when she said, so I don't have to keep coming here to draw water, ultimately what that means is so that I don't have to keep going from man to man to man to man to try to figure out if my thirst will be quenched, but that I can stop and I can find full satisfaction in my relationship with you. That is the desire. And so Jesus this morning is inviting all of us into an eternal relationship with him that has to do with quantity forever, but as well has to do with quality, the full satisfaction of our lives. And so my question to you this morning is, do you want to receive his invitation? In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Why does he say that? I will eat with them and they with me. Because in that culture, to eat with somebody gave this picture of intimate friendship. It was a big deal. A meal in that culture, inviting somebody to a meal, eating with them, was this incredible strong picture that we are in an intimate relationship. We are friends. That's why the religious leaders of the day gave Jesus such a hard time when they were, he was out eating with the sinners and tax collectors and such. Because they were like, what? He's friends with them? Yes, he is. He's out inviting them to eternal life. Not one just of quantity, but that their quality of life can be transformed. Individually, in their marriage, in their family, how they approach work, their character, every area. And he invites you as well this morning. And so before we partake of communion, I want to give you the opportunity to receive his invitation for eternal life, as Joe did, as the Samaritan woman did. So if you just bow your heads with me, and if it's your desire this morning to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, to receive eternal life of quality and quantity, then just repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit that I've been pursuing the world to quench my thirst. And my glass is coming up empty. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I invite you to fill my glass with everlasting life and an everlasting change of who I am. In your name, amen. The night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered the boys, the disciples in the upper room 
and he took the bread and he held it up and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat of it. And when you do, remember that I have provided you eternal life, both in quantity and quality. Then he took the cup, held it up, and he said, when you drink of this cup, remember, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, the payment of your sins. Remember, when you drink this, this is eternal life both in quantity and quality. Do this in remembrance of me. That's why Jesus asked the church throughout the generations to practice the Lord's Supper or communion on a regular basis so that we would remember. It's all about what he did on the cross for us. And through that, we have Joel, the woman at the well, Bill, you, eternal life. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you just to come out to your right, to come up and partake. Just grab one of the wafers, dip it in the cup, pause and give thanks for what God has done through his son, Jesus, and then partake. It's safe for everybody. It's gluten-free and it's grape juice. And so we invite everybody to partake. But if you're here this morning and you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord for the first time, then I encourage you to let us know about it. In front of you, there are connection cards, and I just encourage you to write your name on there and then just say, I accepted the invitation this morning to a life of full satisfaction, a life that's not only filled with quantity forever, but that is full of quality and ever-changing life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you are a God that is not distant from us, but you love us right where we're at. Thank you that you are a God that is relentless, that even for a life like Joe's, 30 years, you pursued him and met him. And Lord, you meet with us today and you are here. And so we thank you that you are a God of love, forgiveness, mercy, grace. And you are a God who transforms. And so we give you our lives in your holy name. Amen. Come. Come.